Welcome to the 2-3 Podcast. I'm Cam, that's Zach. Zach, this is our first ever podcast. This is exciting. This is for Q's basketball fans by two Q's basketball fans. And Zach, this has been something that has been in the works for, for quite a while. We've been We've been dreaming about this for a pretty long time at this point. It's been quite the process. You know, we've tried to record a lot. We've had some technical issues. We've had some uh, mental issues, if you want to say that. <laughs> I don't know. But it's been quite the process. It has been quite the process. And uh, a little bit of sort of background about our Cuse fandom, I guess. Uh, Zach and I grew up in the, the 607, which is just south of of Syracuse. And we grew up, you know, Cuse fans always going to the games. Zach and I lived together for a little bit and we would always watch the games when we were at the apartment and uh, always, always sit either if it's like courtside, if we were lucky enough to get like courtside seats from a friend of mine, or if we just wanted to sit up with the, with the bleacher creatures, that was fun too. So um, I want to ask you, Zach, just sort of kind of get this thing going, introduce ourselves to, to our fans out there. What was sort of like the moment for you, at least, that you you thought to yourself, man, I'm, I'm a Cuse fan. I'm a Cuse fan for life at this point. Well, I kind of want to talk about just like what made me become a Cuse fan. I mean, it's not really the moment, but just like the turning point. Because like growing up, like March Madness would be like, oh yeah, Syracuse, always rooting for them, you know, their, mar- their Final Four runs and just anytime they're doing well, we're just in the tournament. It's always like, yeah, Syracuse, but never really followed the team, never really knew much. And like, wasn't a true fan, just was like, yeah, I live in upstate New York. I'm going to cheer for Syracuse type deal. Wear um, orange because it's in Walmart. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how my vibe was up until, and you you mentioned it. I have I have our courtside pass right here. Dude. Oh, but this, beautiful. this is the moment that, that changed everything. You got these yeah. free tickets. I did. And yeah. we sat courtside. Feet on the floor. Like our shoes touched the court. Yeah. Our shoes touched the court. It was crazy. They played Buffalo. And at that time, like, I I mean, I was always like a fan of basketball, but like, I didn't know anyone on the team. I was just like, kind of like there on the court. We were like, yeah, starstruck. Yeah. It was crazy. But then from that that moment forward, it was this cuse bleed, bleed, bleed orange. Yeah. I remember that game too. I remember that was the first game that Zach, I, I think that you've ever been to like yeah. college game or professional game. Yeah. Other than and like Cornell. I remember we were driving up to the carrier dome at the time. It had been a while since I had been into the carrier dome. The last time it was like a football game or something. And I was like, man, these are courtside seats. These are going to be good. I'd never sat in courtside before. And uh, I remember your eyes when we walked into the, the dome and sat in the courtside seats and we were like, wow, this is yeah. this is something, dude. This is something to see the carrier dome and all of its glory from that angle was was pretty special. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. That kind of that kind of like cemented sort of. I would say like like the same thing as you where it was like. I had been a Cuse fan up until that point because, you know, if they were on TV, I'd watch yeah. them or whatever. You never really were a fan of their football team because, let's face it, their football team is not that great. But you always watch the the basketball team. I have no memories of the 2003 team. I don't know about you, dude, but I don't know. I, I don't remember anything from yeah, that 2003 I. run. So, sadly, for me at least, it was like I had mentioned, Zach and I lived together at one point. Worst uh, in this time apartment. of my life. terrible what a terrible time all of our roommates were so bad it's not like we're best friends with all of them right now but um when we were when we were 
in our undergrad, we uh, lived together and it was a game back in 2017. Zach and I were actually talking about it earlier and let me get the exact date for you all so that we were exact and we're to the point. It was February 7th, 2017, Tyus battle with the game winning shot over Clemson. And I just remember screaming probably louder than I've ever screamed up until that point in my adulthood. And our our roommate, Liam, came storming up the stairs thinking that something was wrong. And he just sees us like screaming wildly like a bunch of like a bunch of uh monkeys or something in a zoo. It was amazing. But that for me was at least like sort of cementing my fandom to Cuse all the way. And here we are now taping a podcast about our favorite team. Uh, just kind of going over, you know, our points of view, I guess, about the team and, you know, sort of the season and right now looking into the season ahead of the season. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at right now. And kind of what I want to jump into, Zach, is sort of you you look at this roster um, that's sort of, I don't want to say depleted, but without some of the starters that were there last year and I guess, what are your first impressions of the roster so far, if you kind of look down the lineup? I mean, I'm excited. We don't, I mean, a lot of new faces coming in from the transfer portal. Some, you know, we lost some people that we didn't want to lose, which is always a bummer. But we have, I mean, it's exciting though. We have, like I said, some people coming in, Cole Swider. You know, we have our freshman, Benny Williams. So it's exciting time. And not to mention, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Beheim, the other Jimmy of the family, the other Beheim joining the squad this year. So it's exciting. It's I honestly don't know where we're going to shape up, but I'm excited. I think last year you had a better kind of understanding of where we're going to be as a yeah. team. And I think um, one player that's sort of huge that we lost last year, I think at least, especially earlier in the year, was Alan Griffin. Alan Griffin in the beginning of the year was a dog. He was unstoppable. And then obviously later in the year, Coach Beheim kind of benching him. You know, maybe, 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 maybe not the best decision in the world to be benching him in the March Madness when he, you know, was in there for about two minutes. But yeah, that was a that was a time. It sort of puts a hole in the roster at the uh, forward position, and you look at some of the candidates that are going to be there, sort of trying to fill in for Alan Griffin and I just don't even really know where to start. I mean, you've got like you said Jimmy Beheim, um you've got Benny Williams. I just I you got Cole Swider, the, the three names that you just mentioned. I have no idea where they fit in a starting five at all. I mean, it sort of depends on what kind of Jimmy we get. If we get the Jimmy that was in Cornell that was sort of leading the way who was absolutely fantastic i mean he was he was putting up tremendous numbers at cornell um two years ago two years ago yeah exactly two years ago because cornell didn't play last year the whole ivy league didn't play last year so i'm just really not sure if you had to kind of give like a prediction i guess of who maybe the two forwards are Let's start. Let's start at the center. Let's start easy. Let's start at the center. Who do you believe would be like sort of the go-to center if the season were to start kind of right now? Who would you go with personally? As long as he's healthy, I think they're going to go with their most veteran center, which is Barama. Um, Jesse was looking good late of the year. 
John Bull had some flashes throughout the year, so they're like kind of right behind him. Um, but I think, I think, you know, I think Jim usually goes with veteran status, and I, I think he always went to Brahma when he could. So I think he'll go with Brahma if he's healthy. Which, if he's staying another year, I hope he is. Yeah, it's it's tough, you know, because. You look at him last year, we didn't get hardly anything out of him last year. He, he played, played one what, game. You know, he, yeah, he played him one and game like, before like he had minutes. injuries. Yeah. Exactly. So it, when he's healthy, when he's healthy, he's a great player, but I really worry about that sort of injury potential. And what I mean by that is I don't want to say that he can't be trusted, but it's just like I just don't know what kind of, you know, player we're going to get with him. If he's healthy, he's great. Right. What was it? A, a couple years ago, uh, the 2019-2020 season, he was averaging just over seven rebounds a game, which is huge. We needed that last year. Marek Dolajai, love him to death. Absolutely love him. But he didn't have the height to be a center in the ACC. And because of that, we were struggling like mightily on rebounds. And you mentioned Jesse Edwards. I mean, he was huge down the line when it came to rebounds, when it came to just being like a big presence down there, down low. So I'm not sure. I mean, you can go with, I guess, and how comfortable would you be with Jesse Edwards possibly starting? I mean, late in the season, I think he was showing some good strides. I think the main thing he struggled with was honestly defense, which is Jim's main critique on any player. If you don't play defense, then you can sit right next to him on the bench. So, uh, so that's a big deal. Obviously, two three zone. Uh, if you can't be play your part in that, then you can't play. So, because yeah. he had offensively, like I think he's he's like he's pretty dangerous when he gets going. Like he's still he's still learning his way and getting getting his footing and finding his shots but i don't know he's exciting he has a he has a good stroke too i thought he was putting that on display last year at least and i know in the tournament he was you know jim always has that like go-to person if everybody is injured in the entire lineup then you just say all right throw in throw in you know shane belby throw in uh jesse edwards and i think that he actually kind of stepped up and did pretty well especially down the line when we were starting to get some injury issues when Marek was sort of kind of getting beat down low because let's face it, you need the height down there. You really need the height down there. So yeah, I think that Barama could be a great presence down there. I don't know what we're going to get with Cole Swider. I have no idea um, when it comes to the forward position. Benny Williams supposed to be a great you know recruit coming in, but I think that the big one, the headliner at least, is Jimmy Beheim? Obviously, he's got the Beheim name to him, but I think more than that, what kind of Jimmy Beheim are we going to see? Are we going to see the 2019-2020 Jimmy Beheim, who was putting up almost 17 points a game? Again, that's in the Ivy League, but still, that's that's pretty impressive, especially considering that Cornell team was not very good, and he was kind of the only good player on the team at that point. So, I guess in your mind. What do you think that Jimmy Bayham's going to do? Do you think he's going to want to come out of the gate like fired up on all cylinders, ready to make a statement for Orange Nation and the ACC in general? Definitely. What we're going to see is we're going to see a very, very hungry and eager Jimmy Bayham. He's been stuck, locked out of the gym for games. 
obviously they have a gym, home gym. So he's been in the gym shooting, getting shots, training. So he's going to honestly like, I think he's going to look great. I, I mean, there might be some rust because playing full speed in an actual game, especially now playing all in the ACC, it's going to be a little transition, I think. But he's going to be eager. He's going to come out guns blazing. And, you know, he's going to come out. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to impress. Do you think that the Syracuse media and the national media at that is going to try to push like this whole narrative that, you know, Hey Jim, you've got like your two sons. Like, why aren't you starting the one or something like that? If Jimmy Bayheim doesn't get the start, I honestly can't imagine a world where Jimmy Bayheim doesn't get the start because like you said, he played Jim plays those veteran players and I can't imagine a world where Benny Williams is going to get starting time. I'm not saying that he's a bad player by any means. I'm just saying, when was the last freshman that we had that got consistent minutes at the starting role? I can't think of anybody. I mean, JG3 kind of came in sometimes when Frank Howard was struggling, which in Jim's mind was often. And I... Kadari Richmond got some playing times, but he never really started. No. I mean, let, let's just take let's take away Beheim from his name. If he was just Jimmy, Jimmy Joe. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Joe. Whatever you want to call him. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy the man. Yeah. Jimmy Jiminy the, Cricket. Jimmy Cricket. And same same stat line coming from the Ivy League Cornell. Pretty good prospect, pretty good pickup in the in the in the portal. Do you think he deserves a start? Do you think he it's like I don't know. It, it kind of changes things a little bit since he's not since he's not a Bayham. I feel like it does, but because it just feels right to... that he should play because he's a Bayham. Like, yeah, we see what yeah. Buddy can do. Obviously, it just it makes sense. But it's also like I don't know. If you asked me a couple years ago when it was you know sort of like the 2017 2018 season when we kind of first saw Jimmy Bayheim and he kind of had that target on his back that he was a Bayheim at Cornell, I would say no, there's no way that he gets any starting minutes because he was a solid player, but he wasn't really game changing. No, he's grown a lot. But the the Jimmy Bayheim that we saw two years ago, now granted, like you said, that was two years ago and he's been he's been locked up. He hasn't been able to get out there. I gotta imagine that that's like frustrating to to not be able to get out there. I look at that Jimmy Beheim. This dude was a baller. This dude was absolutely a baller when it when it came to shot selection. When it came to being a big presence down low, I mean, he was averaging almost six rebounds a game as a forward and almost seventeen a game. That's pretty solid. I know it's the Ivy League. I know that it's you know the level of competition is different than the ACC, but some of those Ivy League teams don't mess around. And when it came to Cornell. They were not good at that point. I think they only had like maybe three or four wins all season. So I got to say that he's probably going to get minutes. I mean, he's going to get minutes, but I, yeah. I I can see him in a starting position. So you've got you've got Jimmy Beheim at presumably would be the four or the three. And then you've got Barama at the five. You've got Buddy at the two. You've got... JG three at the one. Yep. That just sort of leaves. Who do you go with at the, you know, pairing up with, with Jimmy B? Do you go with 
Cole Swider, who's already kind of a proven talent, who transferred from Villanova. Suspense. Who transferred from Villanova, or do you go with Benny Williams, who's going to be kind of a newcomer? So in your mind, like, who would you go with? Would you go with like the proven commodity, or would you go with the kind of the newbie who's you know sort of a five star recruit coming in, the the big name, if you will, for this recruiting class? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Benny Williams is obviously the big name, and because of that, it kind of makes me sway towards him. Um, I mean, there's a reason you transfer, not to say he's good or bad or anything like that, but I don't. Know, I think the potential Benny Williams has, just based on name and early things we've heard about him. I feel like I feel like he's got the spot unless something changes, you know, closer to games and scrimmages and when uh, camp actually starts up. But I think, I I think, in my mind, Benny Williams is in the starting lineup. Another big transfer that Cuse landed, obviously in the off season, was Samir Torrance, the Cuse guy coming out of Marquette, averaging around two and a half a game. I don't think that the stats are really indicative of who he is as a player. The guy can ball. So I guess when you look at him as a player, you know, the Cuse native, how many minutes do you believe that he could potentially see with sort of already kind of a loaded guard position with, you know, Jimmy at the at the two and and uh, JG3 at the one? Buddy. How many minutes do you... Oh, did I really say that? You said Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> I really... Too many Bayhams on this team, dude. <laughs> I know, I know. When you look at him at this guard position kind of compared to sort of the other guards that are there, I mean, it's it's already kind of a stack lineup where you got Buddy at the two, you got JG3 at the one. Presumably, I mean, how much playing time could he, you know, squeeze out of that? Because already you've got two guys that are sort of long, you know, workhorses that can get many minutes if they are playing up to their potential. Yeah, I mean, when we picked him up, I know people were chattering... You know, discussing whether he is... I mean, technically, this is our Kadari replacement. And I, I yeah. not to say that he is or is not. or I mean, I don't know exactly how they compare or if you even can compare them. But technically, if you want to, you know, map it out like that, then he is the replacement for that role. So, I guess, I mean, we, we saw JG3 struggle a little bit. Last year, he in there and needed someone to you know come in and change things up, bring a new flash of energy in. So if if that's the case again, then I could see him getting potentially more minutes, um, unless he's just you know really shows great potential early on and earns them like anyone else can. Yeah, I you know you mentioned Kadari and like how big that loss is. That's huge. That's yeah, so it's a bummer. huge. It's because you know. Obviously, the lineups through the years, Jim has always had sort of like this insurance policy when it comes to guards where if, you know, one of them is screwing up, he's got this, you know, piece that he can kind of throw in there at the at a time, um, you know, Gerard was that person when it came to sort of Frank Howard kind of filling in or, you know, maybe Tyus wasn't doing so hot. He would sort of step in there, take control as a freshman or whatnot. I hate to say that Samir is a good fill-in, but he kind of is. But he's no Kadari, man. You know, you look at what Kadari was able to do when he was actually out there on the floor, and you could see the talent that this kid has. You could see sort of the drive that he has, the passion. 
And he, I don't know why, but there was always like, I always felt very calm when he had the ball. <laughs> it was like, it was so weird. Like he would just have the ball and you're like, all right, it's going to be fine. Could already take over. It's kind of like so the, athletic. the Tyus effect. Yeah, exactly. He's so athletic. It was like the Tyus effect where it's like a Tyus takeover. This is going to be a Kadari takeover. Mm-hmm. And whenever he had the ball, you kind of knew that you were going to get a good game out of him both offensively and defensively. He was tremendous at, at defense. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love JG3 and our, our guy, buddy, like obviously these guys, these boys can ball. I'm not going to say they can't. Obviously they can. Like it's not even a question that they can or cannot. But just in terms of like athleticism and just, I don't know like exactly how to explain that, but just athleticism, they don't have what Kadari has and at all, you know? I, mean, I, yeah. I don't want to say at all, but they don't have what Kadari has in terms of athleticism. Just, I don't even know what you call that. Just, well, he had he had drive. He was fearless with the ball too. Like if he wanted to drive in, he could just drive in. I mean, he was he was such a big presence on there, you know, for for a one that he could he could do whatever he wanted to do. You know, he was physical, especially for a freshman to have that much confidence as a freshman to be able to just kind of control the game that you you know at your leisure. I thought was tremendously impressive, but. Sort of, I think personally, the biggest question coming into the season for Joseph Girard is going to be his his shot selection. That was under tremendous question last year. You had a kid who kind of looked like he was almost scared out there. Some you know sometimes he was he was hesitant at times, and then he would just kind of chuck up a three when he was ice cold. And I know shooters are going to shoot. I know that he had to get going at some point, but. As a point guard, you can't do that. You really can't do that. And to be able to have a person that could kind of come off the bench in Kadari, who could kind of slow down the game, get it back into Cuse's favor, that was that was such a big asset that we lost. And I think that the question is going to be, is Samir Torrance going to be that guy? Again, the Cuse native, everybody's going to want him to be that guy. But is he going to be able to be that guy? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. But I think if... Joseph struggles. Hopefully, you know, Samir can get some playing time in. I almost hope it's not a lot of playing time because I really want Joseph Gerard to actually have a good season. Yeah. You know, I want him. We we saw like flashes of what he could be last year and the year before that. It's just got to all kind of come together. And I have really yet to see a game where he's been able to kind of put everything together. I'm hoping this year is that year, Zach, but I just don't know. I just haven't seen it yet. I'm a little cautious when it comes to thinking about JG3. Let's just put it that way. That's fair. One more thing I want to say, touch on Samir Torrance is he has a really good relationship with both the Bayheims and even JG3. They you know went to camps together. They're all like kind of local kids. Obviously, Samir is a Syracuse guy. So, like, I think that's a huge benefit for him, just being on the team, you know, like, being friends, being excited to be with his buddies again, and just, like, kind of feeling that camaraderie. And I think that's going to help benefit him, like, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's true. And listen, the Cuse fans, I love them to death. I really do. But they got to stop jumping on people when it's so early in the season because it's it's tremendously annoying and I don't want that to like hurt a player because it's hurt 
so many players in the past. It's hurt. I, I feel like it's kind of hurt JG3 a little bit where, you know, maybe his confidence was kind of waning towards the later, latter part of the year because he was hearing it in the comment sections or at the state, you know, at the, um, at, at the carrier dome when he was or at the dome. I should, this is, this is what I'm talking about. You can't say carrier dome anymore. You got to say the dome and I'm not used to it yet. I'm not used to it. I don't know when I'm going to be able to be used to it, but it's annoying me. So he was hearing it at the dome and I'm really worried about these new guys coming in that they're going to hear it because I don't know what Hughes Faithful is expecting this year. I, I don't know what kind of goals they have set for the basketball team itself, but I'm worried about it and I'm hoping that they can sort of be a little bit lenient with, with Samir, be a little bit lenient with these younger guys coming in. Um, but as far as JG3 is concerned... I don't know how long the leash is going to be this year. How long do you think that the leash is going to be this year for for Jim kind of telling him, all right, that's enough. I'm benching you. Get some mirror in there. I mean, he's always been lenient with, with JG3. Um, obviously, he was, you know, getting taken out and stuff like that with uh, Kadari. But, I mean, I really don't know where his leash is going to be this year. Obviously, you don't have Kadari anymore. So, you have a new person, a new guard that was going to replace him who's probably going to play different going to be a different role going to he's his his flair is going to be different whatever he's going to bring to the table is going to be different so he's going to be put in different situations I'm sure um I don't know I really don't know obviously we, we first year JG3 was like great first year coming in as a as a true freshman and then he did struggle last year a bit here and there there's a few games yeah, he, he did well slump. Definitely software flow. So we'll see. We'll see where he's at. With all that said, with everything said, right now, right here, right now, I hate to put you on the spot like this. Give me your projected five. Who would it be? I think... You're starting five. I'm sorry. Starting five. Starting five. Starting five for the first scrimmage, first game is definitely going to be JG3 at the one, Buddy Bayheim at the two. Um... I'm going to skip three and four at the moment. I'm going to flash down to five with Barama. Okay. Trailed by a close Jesse Edwards, but unless something comes out about like an injury or something, then it's, I think Barama is at the five. The three. Oh boy. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the four. I'm going to say Benny Williams gets, gets the four. Position. Really? Okay. Yep. All right. And then the three. Oh boy. This is going to be tough. You got, obviously, Jimmy Bayheim. Even Cole Swider could go there. You got Cole Swider. You got, if, if here here's another thing, too. Could you see a lineup, not a starting lineup, but could you see a lineup that's actually being thrown out there where you've got maybe Jesse Edwards kind of at like acting kind of like a four, and then you've got... Barama more or less as like a traditional five. Could you see that if you really wanted to get height in there, maybe against a team that has more height like Louisville or Florida State or something like that? Potentially. I mean, I know what Jim loves is obviously a player like Dojai who is big enough, but also just versatile and can move the ball, pass the ball, and just do everything that Dojai did. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know if Jesse's that guy. I feel like Benny Williams is more that guy just based on, you know, name and who he is. 
Right, right. But I guess we'll see. But I guess if yeah. you just if you need pure height against like you know a traditional taller team like Florida State or whoever else is taller than potentially. Right. That's a good point too. That's a really good point. I don't know how high Jesse Edwards' ceiling is, and I think that we'll be able to find it out this year. But I don't know how high that ceiling is yet, and he showed glimpses of what he could potentially be. And he could be something special. He could be something really good. But it was just a more or less like he needs the confidence when he's down there. He needs confidence. He needs to be able to be a big presence down there because there were some times where he just kind of looked a little bit timid. And you can't be that in the ACC. You got to be out there and you got to be bold. And I, I just don't know if he had that yet. I think this year he potentially could. I mean, we'll we'll see. October 27th, the uh, first exhibition against Pace University. But I think that that's kind of what he lacked, at least. That was kind of his con. He had several pros. He had several, um, you know, he had a very high ceiling, but he just needs that confidence. He really does. Yeah, I'm excited what he what he can bring us. And he showed some, like, great potential at the end of the year, which we've mentioned a few times now. But I guess we'll see what happens. So, with all that said... What would your three be? So, yeah, uh, my three. Oh, man. Yeah, Cole Swider. I think it's definitely between Cole. I think it's between Cole Swider or Jimmy Beheim, for sure. Uh, I don't see anyone else, or I can't think of anyone else that could slide in there that I I know about. Chaz Owens could get some playing time. Yeah, you know, he didn't see any minutes freshman year. Um, but maybe who knows, man, I'm going to, I don't know, dude. I'm so torn. You're really debating this hard. You're really torn. I don't know. I'm honestly really torn because I like them both there. I feel weird going with Jimmy just because like, I feel like his Bayham name is like pulling me a little bit and I'm like trying to push back against it. Even though like, obviously he does have like the credential to be here. I'm not saying by any means that he shouldn't be here. But I just I just hate to go that way just because of that. Because I don't know Cole Swider well enough, I guess is my point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I just feel weird being like, oh, like, let's go with Jimmy when I when I don't know Cole Swider well enough. Well, I'll tell you what, he was putting up pretty good numbers at Villanova, but I'll tell you what kind of really sort of made it even worse to sort of decide between the two. They're the exact same size. They're 6'9", 225, or at least that's what they're listed as. So that doesn't really help. <laughs> it really doesn't, that doesn't help at all. I think personally, I love your lineup. I would probably put Jimmy in. I would probably put Jimmy in just because of the potential that we saw at Cornell, just because what he could be. I understand the Bayheim name is, you know, maybe sort of tearing you and, you know, you don't want to go because he has the Bayheim name. I really don't think it has anything to do with the Bayheim name. I think that he's a good enough player to be himself. And I think that he's a good enough player to actually do the things that Jimmy Bayheim does. I know that sounds dumb, but he's a great player. He's a fantastic player that we saw at Cornell. It's been two years, so that's another thing to consider. But I think once he kind of gets his feet underneath him, I assume that he hasn't been, you know, just kind of sitting on the couch eating Doritos that entire time. I no, assume that he's not. been doing stuff working on his game, knowing that he's going to go to Q's, maybe even stepping up that game. But I think you got to go Jimmy at the three, dude. I I just don't, like, I'm with you. 
I don't know Cole well enough, but I think that the talent is there for Jimmy Beheim. Cole Swider has to be something magical in order to give up that spot. If Jimmy Beheim is cooking, he's got to be. He's got to be good. He's got Cole's got to be really good. He's got to step up his game. But that being said, Cole's going to get some playing time either way. Definitely. So, anyways, that's going to do it for us here at the two three episode one. Hopefully, this has been a solid introduction of kind of RQ's background to you. Hopefully, this kind of inspires you to go to a game. Make sure that you cheer on Cuse this year. Plenty more episodes to come from from Zach and I. So, uh, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week. We'll see you then. Peace.